The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications at www.seadeck.com. That's S E A D E K.com. And now, it's showtime. He's been the voice of wakeboarding for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated Toad Water Sports' biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years on the water experience, charisma, and command of his audience, Noise of the North brings you the Golden Mike Podcast with Dano the Mano. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Golden Mike Podcast for 2016. I'm the Noise of the North, Dano Lamano, recording down in Orlando, Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. This is episode 33, and I'm so excited for my first guest of the year, the legendary godfather of all things Wake, the one and only Scott Byerly. We had a pretty good conversation over at Scott's, and we recorded just about a week prior to Christmas at his home just outside of Orlando, Florida, on the beautiful Butler chain of lakes in Windermere. We'll get to the interview here in just a moment, but first I want to recognize SeaDeck Marine Products as the official presenting sponsor for 2016. SeaDeck has already been a huge contributor and supporter of everything we've done, and we're all stoked to continue growing with SeaDeck as a part of the Golden Mike family. As always, the Golden Mike podcast is brought to you free twice monthly online at noiseofthenorth.com or available on iTunes through the podcast app. So be sure to subscribe and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, and Woodrow Sustainable Optics. Follow me, tag me, tweet me. I'm on social media. Instagram at DanoTMano, on Instagram at TheDanoTMano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. Also, be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Now get ready, y'all. I'll be right back with the living legend himself, Mr. Scott Barley, here on the Golden Mike podcast. The Golden Mike podcast wants to thank Performance Ski and Surf for supporting us both on and off the water. Stop by the main store in Orlando, Florida for all your towed water sports needs. Performance is also online, so check them out at perfski.com. We'll be partnering up to offer some great deals as we head into the new year, so be sure to stay tuned to every episode of the Golden Mike Podcast. Thanks again to Bill Porter and the entire crew at Performance Ski and Surf. I'm Scott Byerly, and you're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast. Finally, the man, Scott Byerly. Scott, thanks for uh, doing my podcast, sir. You got me, Dano. Finally, man. Finally. Yeah. It's... Oh, let's crack this rock star real quick. Oh, yeah, perfect. Don't mind if I do as well. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little. Ah. Real refreshing. Yes. Yeah, it's good to have. Good yeah, to you have... got me. Finally. I got you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I saw you at um, the Nautique dealer meeting last November, and you gave me, you were, you were kind of sassing me a little bit about when you were going to be on the podcast, but it's been, it's been tough, you know, our schedules. I say that with, with everybody, everybody's schedules are, uh, 
you know, a little bit off with each other. You know where I'm at. I'm here. I'm here. I know, but how would you feel if I just knocked on your door? Come right over. Anytime? Anytime. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. Come on. Let's go barefooting or something. Yeah. Yeah, we've been neighbors for a long time, man, and I've actually done a little bit of of ripping with you out on the on your G twenty one. You said I was a a great guest because I think I brought brews and gas money. Yeah, that's that's key. That is the key. So how was two thousand fifteen for you? Um, it's been great. Yeah, you know, just super busy raising kids and doing stuff with Byerly Boards. It was a great year for Byerly Boards. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Rathy. Rider of the Year. Uh, Rider of the Year. Uh, Cody Hess doing the triple flip. Um, just everybody did really well. Yeah, working together and, and uh, gaining exposure for the brand and, and, of course, just proving the legitimacy of, of your team riders and, of course, the, the Byerly Board brand as well. Yeah, it was great. So family, the, the company, the activities, how do you find any time uh, for yourself? Um, there's plenty of time. 24 hours in a day, right? Yeah, there's lots of time. Uh, I'm just busy, you know, like helping out with the kids in the morning and then got that mid-afternoon to ride and pick them up later, you know, and then do what we got to do. Sure. You've been doing it for a long time, so you've you've yeah. kind of got it dialed. You've you've been fathering for many, many years, right? Like, I know you've yeah, got Yeah, the whole time I've been and... in this wake industry, pretty much had a kid. My oldest is 22 years old now, Chelsea. She goes to UCF. Second year in college. She's on her own, you know. She's over there living, and Kim and I have, you know, two daughters. You know, that I've, we raise here in Windermere. I've always been impressed because you know, watching you as a kid, you know, in all the, in all the wakeboard videos, it always showed the lifestyle of who you were and what you did, and you know, it, you ne- it was never a secret that you had a daughter when you know when you were younger and in the nineties, mid nineties, or whatever, but. What I always wonder is like how you actually balance, you know, having having the kids, being the 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 athlete, and then of course now with the business and everything. Um, definitely having my wife helps a lot, for sure. Well, I'm on the lookout for one of those, maybe one of these days. Yeah. Just, maybe just a, a a serious relationship. Yeah, definitely having Kim. Um, we've been married fifteen years, going on sixteen years now, and definitely helps balance out with traveling and doing the stuff that I've done over the years. Yeah, it's a business partner, right? More than just uh, a partner in definitely in for life sure. and love. For sure. Um, I saw on your social media, you guys, you posted something uh, about one of the new droids from Star Wars. Are you a Star Wars fan? Um, definitely. I remember going and watching the, the first movie when it came out in the in the movie, theater in the movie theater with my with my dad for sure. So do you do you have like a favorite out of the movies? I mean, I like the first one, the original one. A New Hope? Is that the first one? I think it is. Yeah. Definitely. So have you seen... It's have, cool to just be able to watch these new new movies with my kids the same way I did with my, my parents. Sure. So what about the prequels, 1, 2, and 3, the ones that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s? What did you think of those? I really wasn't into all that stuff. What about the new one, though? Are you, you going to go I see it? I want to go see it. Well, just... Sure. Okay, so it's no secret. These podcasts aren't live, so last night was the premiere and I saw a lot of the riders, Eric Ruck, Shane Bonifay, a few of these guys were waiting in line all day. That's just a commitment. 
yeah, I'm not I'm not into it that much. A little more a little more of a commitment than I'm willing to make. Okay, dude, the it is Christmas time at when we're when we're recording this and I was on your Byerly Boards YouTube feed and I saw the uh Byerly Santa vid. Now that was really know, last year? Was that la- was that last year? I didn't I that was the first time I've ever seen it. You the Wake Surf one? Yeah, Wake Surf with Yeah, that you. was last year. Man, that looked like a lot we of fun. Kind of just always at the last minute come up with something and try to film something. Well, I didn't and... I wasn't sure if it was last year or not because I was just in your garage yeah. and I saw the the Santa suit. Oh yeah, we busted the Santa suit down out of the attic. Get it ready for the get holidays? Get it ready. Yeah. Well, very good. All right, man. So let's do this thing. On this podcast, I like to ask questions that the fans like me would probably be interested in hearing too. Uh, it's loose, but slightly structured. Okay. So let's get started. I've been following you as a fan since around 1995. I think the first time I ever saw you was in the movie Spray. Was that your first wakeboard film? Spray was not. My first wakeboard film. So what? What? Uh, what movie? What movie? Gravity was the first? sucks, Dano. Gravity sucks. Wow. G. Bradley Jones. And circa what time uh, frame was that? It was early nineties. Wow. So how did you actually get introduced to wakeboarding? Um, I mean, I rode the the Scurfer when it came out. We always um used to ride surfboards behind the boat, and then the the Scurfer came out. It was kind of like a ski and a surfboard mixed. Now you grew up on a lake, right? Yeah, Lake Catherine, Castleberry. You're a, a Florida native, right? You've been here, though. Yes, my parents are all. They were from Saint Petersburg. Gotcha, and not Russia. You're talking about Florida. Florida, Tampa, um, Tampa area. Were you Were you serious about anything else on the water beforehand? I mean, I know you said you did a little bit of scurfing, but. I've heard rumors that you were also kind of into the kneeboard scene a little bit before wakeboarding. Um, we did everything, pretty much. Back in the 70s and 80s when you 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 water skied, you did everything. You barefooted, you slalom skied, you rode a kneeboard, you rode a disc. You We did everything. Were you competitive at any of these other things before? I never competed. I wanted to compete in like slalom skiing and stuff like that. I went to a... D ski school when I was younger. Tried to learn how to jump and didn't really do too well at that. Yeah, jumping's never really been my thing. I mean, I appreciate what they do and the distances. Or back in the day, I was actually more of a fan of the freestyle jumping, which we don't really see uh, as often anymore. Yeah, but, but we we did everything. Um, we did a lot of barefooting. Um, but yeah, we definitely rode a kneeboard for sure. But you, but you never competed in in anything else. You said you kind of wanted to get to get into it. What kind of held you back? Just never really got around to doing that. I think surfing and stuff like that got in the way. We always, when I got older, I was going to the beach and I competed in like a couple ESA events, like nothing seriously, maybe two. Also competed like BMX racing when I was little at Barnett Park. So you started on the scurfer. And um, you obviously transitioned into the composite board. I'm I'm assuming, uh, you're yeah, pr- I got a one of the eight the HO hyperlight uh, Eric Perez. Yeah, or it was like a it was a hyperlight one that Darren cut the tail off of and made squared the tail off H hyperlight pro hyperlight pro. And how long were you riding um like a wakeboard before you started actually competing? Um, I remember 
we were working down in Miami after Hurricane Andrew. I bought my first wakeboard. It was that Hyperlite Pro. And pretty much like a couple months after that, I got hooked up with Wake Tech through Rich Goforth and started competing right away. They had me going all over the place. Some of like the early riders, guys like Eric Perez, Darren Shapiro, can you kind of describe the different styles in the early days of, of wakeboarding? Um, when I got into the scene, it was pretty much you had your trick ski style ski, come from the you know, skiing background where they competed all the time. And then you had your like West Coast guys where all the boards were being made out in Washington. They were like snowboard style. And then you had guys that surfed and water ski like Darren Shapiro. He had a full like surfy, powerful style, but he was also a trick skier. And which what, a lot of the other guys were just trick skiers. What about your style? Where did where did your style kind of set in on, on um, all that spectrum? I don't know. I just try to do stuff a little different than everybody. I think um, the sport was pretty new when I got involved with it. So um, I was really lucky to be involved with it when it was young and just be able to. It was uncharted waters. You know, it was free game. You could do whatever you wanted to do. Did you now? Did you look to any of the riders or skiers, um, you know, as far as um, you know, like learning from them? Like, were you were you learning your tricks by watching guys like Darren Shapiro? Were you basing your style off of like Eric Perez's? Were you just kind of with your crew doing your own thing? I think at first we definitely were looking at like Darren for sure because he. He was the top guy when I when I got involved. Um, I think that was just for a little while, and then we started just doing our own thing for sure. So who are who is your who are your riding partners? Who is your crew? At first, it was, I mean, when I before I was even hooked up with Wake Tech, I always rode with my brother and friends from school. You know, um, there's a couple kids, you know, that we always rode with that were in the neighborhood. But um, pretty much when I got hooked up, it was Rich, Goforth, and this guy, Tyler Henneke, we went to school with. I think he had got, like, the first wakeboard magazine cover, like, way back in the day. Um, My brother, Ryan, obviously. Um, in those days, you, you guys were riding with the kneeboarders, too, right? A little bit, or? At the events? Well, no, 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 just, just like, when you're free riding at home and stuff. Because I, I remember my buddy Anthony Monaco moved down to Florida to be a kneeboarder. And yeah, I mean, now, this, is way, this is after Wake Tech. I mean, I still rode for Wake Tech, but this is when I first started getting hooked up with Wake Tech. Sure. Um, it was Rich Goforth and just people on Lake Catherine that we rode with. And then we met Gator at a an event somewhere, and he started riding with us all the time. And then... Greg Nacrassen, my parents were friends with Greg's parents. We used to do water ski parties over there and at my dad's house. And so I was always friends with Greg. He started riding with us a bunch. How did you actually get Brandon into... Meek. Ah, yeah, Brandon. BM. Matt Malloy. Guys from high school. The whole crew. Uh, Drew McGuckin. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of great, great old names for sure. Guys, are, some of these guys are my friends too. Yeah, yeah, I went to high school with these guys and... 
I always had a boat. My dad always let us use the boat. We had a ski tee growing up, and um, just he always let us use it if we could put gas in it, put it in the water, and put it back underneath the gazebo, you know, where we where we took it out of. So just always had that. So that was a big key, you know, me growing up is to have access to that boat and to sure. be able to do what we wanted to do. Did anybody else have a boat at that time, or were you the go-to guy? Um, we pretty much had the boat. Everybody came over our house to ride on Lake Catherine. So how how long were you free riding or getting into wakeboarding before you started competing? Um, I mean, I always rode at Lake Catherine, like I said, on the Scurfer and all that stuff, and um, got hooked up with Rich with Wake Tech, and right away they had me going to contests. Um, I think the first one was maybe in Arizona. And was that in 93? I remember going, and that was like the first cable park I ever saw was sure. out there in Arizona. Was that like 93 or... or... Because I know you won Worlds. Early 90s. And, I know you won Worlds in 94, but... It could I, have been 92, 93. Okay, so you actually had a couple of years under your belt competing before you won Worlds. Oh, definitely. We you, were riding the big airboard for three years before we had the Flight 69. Wow. Who were some of your rivals back in the old days? Like, if, if you could call it rivals, I don't know. I mean, we always wanted to beat Darren, for sure. Were you cool with Darren, though? Um, definitely, yeah. We were cool, for sure. Is there There was a bunch of guys that were really good, you know, Russell Gay. He was a he's a trick skier still. He was really good. Um, Jeremy Kovac. Sure. Dean Lavelle. The reason I like asked, you know, I start thinking back to to the days of, you know, almost like the new crew and stuff like that, you know, guys like Thomas Farrell who were were out there and, you know, vocally saying they want this to be different. Then yeah, I don't know. You know, there was there was tricks that were already in this before we came here. You know, there were spins and flips that were straight up and down spins and no grab flips and just we wanted to do stuff different. We started grabbing everything. We started spinning off axis and just doing things out of the norm that I don't know those other style riders weren't doing. Right, making it, and making then you know, own. like snowboarding was getting big, and jibbing in the park was big, getting big back then. And we'd watch like videos from other sports and just try to like duplicate that sort of, you know, this like skateboarding and snowboarding stuff, and do it on the water. Just I don't know. All the events that we did were so water ski structured because it was. That's all they knew was they're coming off water ski stuff, this new wakeboard thing. All the events were kind of structured like a water ski event. You know, you had to write your tricks down. You had to, there's all these rules. And just to do something different where you didn't have to mess with any of those rules was. Sure. That's what we tried to do. How long was it before, were you still competing when, when wakeboarding became more subjective than based off of points? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so that must I mean, I been... didn't. I really wasn't good at contests all the time. I got lucky and landed all my stuff a couple different times at an event. But at home, I could, you know, I'd do everything at home. But at events, I'd always fall on my first trick. Or I mean, you're t- you're talking about everything, you know. I'm I, I was I've been going back and doing a little research before I recorded this, and just kind of refreshing my brain back to the old days and. 
you know, I, it was, I didn't remember that you were doing front flip, uh, toe side front flips and, and front flip to blinds and, uh, even air mobs and stuff like that, where it, it, to me, it doesn't seem like that would be Scott Byerly style just because it seems like you'd have like to do an air mob seems like a lot of work. I mean, you had to do those types of tricks to do well at the event and compete with those guys that are doing that stuff. So you had to do that stuff. Right. to do the acrobatical Mobius things. Well, sure, because in those days... So we were just trying to do a little twist on it, you know, grabbing it or doing it off axis or well, hitting double ups and doing in, them bigger. You in know? those days, though, it just it, it's just like now. When when I'm at a contest, and let's just say I'm I'm announcing a traditional water ski contest, one of the things that, the, that they'll always say, the jumpers, it's not about style. It doesn't matter if you do a trick or anything. All that matters is how far you go. So you're competing in these old events. You're grabbing the board, but you're not getting rewarded for that, right? Not at first. Right. No. They were. They didn't care. Like an like an indie for, or like a, a tail grab front flip or a front flip, you get the same amount of points. So it doesn't really matter. You didn't at first, yeah. Right. Right. And it wasn't until more more or less the late '90s when when it became a bit more subjective. Yeah. Some more like some wakeboard people got involved with the judging and. We're actual judges now that actually wakeboarded and cared what it looked like. Well, staying on the um, subject of events, I know you and I are both big fans of the Masters. We go every year. Definitely. You're Coming a, from water skiing yeah. background with my family and stuff. I love going and watching, um, you know, the traditional three event water skiing. That's what I grew up And I've always doing. respected, ever since I've started going to the Masters and seeing you at the Masters, I've always respected that you're a guy who, you know, maybe you're not there at 8 a.m. watching the trick skiers, but you'll catch the last six trickers or something, and, and you're there. You stick around for jumping oh, and support. Oh, definitely, for sure. I was in the Masters when it wakeboarding first was introduced with The it, first and... year. What? So do you, can you, do you have an idea of what, what year that was when the Masters um, uh, took wakeboarding in? I don't know off the top of my head, but they weren't pumped about it. I'm guessing it was the probably around 95. Not, they were not happy about it. Yeah, you know, it it reminds me of when wake skating got. It was before I won the world championships because I was riding a directional board. I remember at it. Yeah, so that must have been around nineteen ninety three. I would I would guess is when when the Masters. So even though guys like Russell Gay, who was respected water skier at the time, was was wakeboarding, uh, you guys there was Russell Gay. There was Corey Picos, Jeremy Kovac, Jeremy Kovac. Jeff here, he was a trick skier. There was all so many trick skiers. Yet, yet when you guys arrived at the Masters, it was like it was not a very warm reception. I take it. No, the water skiers definitely didn't like it. Very vocal. So I mean, they didn't like it when we were at the Bud Water Ski Tours. I, really, and then now we're at the Masters, their most prestigious event. It's sure, just water skiing. They just, you know, just couldn't understand it. The big picture is, you know, that Nautique is a the main sponsor of this and they're starting to sell wakeboard boats more than water ski boats. So the mass of the people out there are starting the wakeboard. That's what they want to see. So sure. It's it's hard though as a fan and, and you it's know. all one big huge family though, I think. You know, like I don't look at it. it's all water it's all water toad Water sports. It's the same thing. But were you ever were you ever that guy who is just like water skier? Psh, 
No, because I came from water skiing. But how many times have you been in that position where a water skier walked past you and wouldn't even look at you right now? A lot, eyes? but I got along with a lot of them. Sure. Some of the old guys, you know, Sammy Duvall and Lucky Lowe and Wade Cox. and These guys gave you respect, but what were the other riders doing that they weren't earning the respect from, from these guys? I don't know. Not sure. Just their demeanor, right? I mean, there were some young punk kids that didn't really have the respect towards those people when I looked up to those people when I was growing up because I was water skied. Yeah, so and you actually knew who some of these guys were, the guys who come in. I knew who all of them were. The guys who'd come in just as wakeboarders, you know, like like nowadays there's kids that have never, ever been on a pair of skis. Oh, for sure. Where when we were growing up, I mean, it, it was just the evolution. You started off on a board, on a knee board, Maybe then you moved to a pair of skis. Then you dropped a ski. Yeah, we started two skiing with two skis first. I remember riding on my dad's ski with him when I was couldn't even water ski myself, like two or three years old. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never got to do that with my dad. My dad always pulled me around the lake, you know, you know, 100 laps a day, but I actually never got to, to witness my dad water ski and stuff like that. I still always listen to what he said. Whether or not it was right or wrong, what he was telling me, I always listened when he was in the boat. Danny, keep your head up, your chest up, don't look down. That's what he would always <laughs> You'll say. You'll go down, Danny. Danny, don't look down and stay on your trick ski. If you want to be a good wakeboarder, you stay on your trick ski. Stay over your board. Yeah. He, my dad was right. Listen, I, I landed a back roll on my third try. So I've been doing them on a trick ski for, for 10 years. That's where I learned my back roll on, on, on a trick ski. Oh, really? That was the only thing I could do on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I could do a little TikTok. I know stuff, I know a lot of kids back I in didn't Wisconsin. Really, I didn't trick ski much, but I learned a, my first roll was on a trick ski. I personally believe it's easier to land a, a roll on a trick ski than it is to like Actually, how to do, it was like, on spins. a knee board and then a trick ski. Sorry. Yeah, well, the knee board is pretty easy to do a flip on, right? As long as you're willing to take the landing. Yeah. Yeah, you can almost do it on the water. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one guy who's definitely not on the water when he's not, uh, when he's doing his flip on a kneeboard is your boy Frankie Pano, huh? Frankie, yeah. He's still still doing it. He Frankie Pano has got to be like, what, 48 now? 46? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's, he's like 48. And he think, goes maybe? huge on a kneeboard. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Hey, so Frankie Pano rides with... Sorry to get off subject here, but I, I want to bring it up real fast. So Frankie Pano posts so much... Um, Media. He's this kneeboard guy. Rides for hyper or for HO and posts a lot of media. And I do you do you think that people ever think it's odd that you've got like Frankie out in the boat like all the time? I know he's like been an old friend of yours or whatever. But do you think like people are ever like, why? Is, I can't believe Scott's hanging out with the kneeboarder or something. I don't know. I don't care. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. I've known him forever. Yeah, back when you were kneeboarding, right? No. No, you didn't know him in those days. Mm. Hmm. Frankie Pano's been going bigger on a kneeboard for longer than probably anybody else. I heard that back in the day he would be hitting double ups with all of you guys mm-hmm. on the kneeboard yeah. and stuff. So way back, like '94, probably I lived with him on Lake Howell. Well, I can Drew respect McGuckin it. I. I respect it that you you know you go out there and spend the time. It was funny one day I was out on your boat and it was me on my trick ski, Frankie Pano, out there uh, uh, kneeboarding, and then. Of course, you were out there doing, you know, your surfboard stuff, like real surfboard. You're, 
obviously we I think we slashed a little bit as well, but I remember you're out there on on your surfboard too, which is something that we've been watching you do for for a long, long time. Do you think wake surfing's ever gonna make it into the masters? As an event? Yeah. I don't know. Well probably. Were you surprised wake skating was put into the masters? I mean, I, I would think that it would be because I've been inv- involved in the Masters since it was wakeboarding was a just a exhibition at right. the Masters. Wake skating was just an exhibition. Wake surfing is an exhibition now, so there might be. A, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, like where they're going to find more time. I just hope they don't like cut more. I just don't want them to cut r- athletes out. You know, I know like trick skiing is down. You know, they, they only invite so many trick skiers gonna now. You're going to have to get some lights. They might as well. The the Masters is amazing. Um, all right. So one more thing about the Masters. I just want to find out, like, c- compared to the days when you were competing to now, you're at the Masters Judging. as a judge. Like, how is that? How has that b- been for you? The transition. How's that cool. different? Yeah. I like it. Were you a part of? Were you judging wakeboarding too, or are you just judging? No, I just judge wake skating. Judging's hard, man. I don't. I don't think I'd want to judge wakeboarding right now. What about definitely when, wouldn't. What about to. when Harley got that uh, perfect score at the Masters this year? Were you watching? Yeah, that, that was that was cool, man. To see where where it's gone, you know, like what you can do in an event now with the new boat, the G boats is sky's the limit with that wake and what you can do. Harley, perfect example. Do you think he's been holding back over the past few years? I don't think he's been holding back. He's just, it's evolved to this, you know, like, well, I know, the next but step for him, you know, these, these wakes and, but obviously he's not sponsored by Nautique and he goes in out general, and... all these boats are, the wakes are four times bigger than what they were when I started. Yeah. Well, have you ever thought about maybe what you would have been able to, what more? I mean, you accomplished so much already, but what more you would have been I able mean, to do? The thought has, yeah, but I mean, look at the equipment. Like, the equipment back then, it wouldn't really work with the boats that we have now, so it all was, like, even back then. But... How often were you breaking boards back in the day? Like, in the wake tech uh, we'd br- I'd break them a lot. would have to do with just... The way they were built overseas, you know, something was wrong. But definitely technology has played a big part of boards not breaking now. Sure. It's cool to be involved with it, you know, with working with Butch over in um, Satellite Beach. That's where our, we have a facility over there where he makes all of our boards. We have a press over there. And we get boards for all the guys to ride, like mess around with new layups and stuff like that, you know, so... For the the next year, we can use what we've learned. I don't know how much you focus on it, but it seems to me like the Byerly brand takes a lot of pride in the fact that your boards last. Um, we've had problems with them breaking before, but like I said, again, that's we have our stuff built overseas just like everybody else. Sure. And sometimes you get some bad stuff and you don't know it until it's all already here. And It'd be nice if we could have everything back in the U.S. and be able to build everything here and have some, a little more quality control. Do we do we foresee that happening in the future? Or does... I definitely would love to have it coming back over here for sure. At first, all the Byerly boards were made over here, right? Like at the beginning mm, of the... No. No? They weren't. I mean, 
we were making hyperlight stuff right at the factory back in the day but then the stuff all got moved overseas i might be thinking of um you know i took a factory tour and i saw they ha- they were still making we made like a couple things. Or... we made a couple of things here, sure but... not the entire line no well you know just talking about the boards lasting longer i take a look at a guy like aaron rathy who before he got onto byerly boards you know uh he was a guy that was going through boards so quickly and you know now i've heard if he he can make a board last for months you know yeah they're lasting a lot longer i remember going over rathy's a bunch of times and this whole front of his house was just broken boards but it takes to ride it and you know just make some different stuff and we're able to do that with having a press here and just coming up with new layups try this try this try this trial and error you know sure Definitely. Yeah, it doesn't hurt the fact that you've got a majority of your team right here in town and, and uh, R&D, you know, and, and, and everything, you know, the, the factory's not, not too far away yes. or whatever. And An hour and a half. Boom. Just go out I there. I can and... just cruise over, grab the stuff, come back, take it right to their house, have them ride it, get right back with Butch the next day. How often does Butch come up and get in the boat with you guys? Um, He's super busy, so he doesn't come out that much, but... He definitely gets out there and rides, and he, not too many shapers, I think, actually get out there and ride and involved as much as he is. Yeah. So it definitely helps having somebody who knows how things ride and supposed to ride. It sets the, it sets the brand apart for, for sure. sure. So yeah. he takes super a lot of pride in in the stuff that he makes. No, Byerly like boards. To see it break. Um, Byerly boards is under the umbrella of. Hyperlight. Yep. So how, you know, obviously I don't want you to give me all your analytics and all your numbers, but how uh, comparative, like how are sales uh, Hyperlight versus <coughs> versus Byerly? You guys pretty well. They're obviously a way bigger company than we are and have way more SKUs. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we're slowly growing. This is our tenth year in 2016. Um, are just steadily growing our our you know, our SKUs and our lineup. And that's the way we wanted to do it. We didn't want to rush anything. So just make it, make the product as we need it. And it's it's working out well. Do you have anything special in the line this year? Like uh, for, for the 10-year um, anniversary? Special as in? Like an anniversary board or anything uh, like no, that? No, no, no. We just, Rathy has a new board for 16. Um, we've got a new Wake Surfer, the Action. Uh, Rathy's got a new system boot coming out. Um, yeah, cool. That's it. Well, we'll. Uh, I know I I stopped at the booth and checked it out at Surf Expo, but we'll obviously watch watch out for it as the uh, season starts back up and more and more athletes. I'm sure will will be on the uh, on the product. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's a never ending cycle. Like you said, Surf Expo was in September. We're showing 2016 stuff and. We're working on 2017 since Surf Expo. Wow. Yes. And we're not even to 2016 yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe in Australia they are, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> all right, Scott, uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, about your com- your competition days. When and why did you transition out of competitive wakeboarding? Man, just got over it. Just so much, only so much stuff I, you could do on a with the boots, I guess. I don't know. I was trying to... I was wake skating a bunch. And just... 
saw the potential of the stuff that you could do on a wakeskate. Um, and just, I don't know, got old. Wakeboarding just, and it hurt. Wakeskating was a little easier on your body. No, I, I think I remember there was, Pro Tour tried this like crazy format this one year where every event that they did, they would have like a, a different style format. It was like rails at one event. It was like boat riding at one event. And I, I don't know what the what the rest of the season was, but I remember the rail event was right here in, in Orlando at the uh, Orlando Water Sports Complex. Was, did you actually compete in that Pro Tour stop? I, I think that was like 2001. Could have been 02 though. I think I did maybe wake skating. Yeah, yeah. I think you actually. I think you rode a wake skate in the event. Not a. I think you actually rode a wake skate, not a wakeboard, in the, yeah, the I don't rail event. Remember? Huh. That well, that was that a long was, time ago. That was many, many moons ago, my friends. So, and uh, well, probably a a lot of uh, hits to the head. Yeah, and like what I said before, I really wasn't good at events. I'm sitting here oh. looking at your trophy from the world championships. So <laughs> I I put it all together that day. Yeah. Somehow, in salt water. In salt and, and yeah. also and I don't know I suck at riding in salt water. And that was the Isle Murata, right? That yeah. spot, that place. We did an. That event. was our first event on the flight 69. Wow, so that was impressive that you took the win, but the um, conditions were were anything but impressive. They actually pretty nice that day. Well, compared to like there was a, a wind, there was a windsurfing event going on the same weekend at the same place. Really? Yeah. I just know the last so it was time we did suck for somebody. Well, I just know the last time we did an event there, it was it was not just white capping. I mean, it was high seas. I mean, it was big, big wakes. I think it was the. It actually was pretty nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. compared to what it could be, right? For what it could be, yeah. I always remember at the I end of the... I don't know why they did an event there, but yeah. it ended up being... It ended up working. I always me. remember at the end of the video of you winning Worlds, there's some guy in some, like, boat holding up a Flight 69, like, like cheering for you after you... That was the, the green boat. Yeah. The Wake Monster boat or something it was called. Yeah, that I don't dude know. Was, had a tattoo on his back. Yeah. Yeah, I met some interesting characters that day. We don't have Down South Dave. That do, was the first day I met him. Do we still have characters like that show up at wakeboard events? Guys that are like so diehard that they're tattooing, you know, tattooing wakeboard know. boats. Or I'm sure they're out there. I'd like to meet some more of them. They're there. Okay, you always had the best mix of tricks and style, but what I what I found was um, always to be so impressive with you was how you were able to do the tricks you were doing with basically no wake at all, even though you were loading the boats down. Do you think that the kids these days are spoiled by the big wakes? If that's what you want to call it, spoiled. Spoiled or lucky? Lucky. Yeah? Lucky for sure. Okay, so we're we're talking about your tricks, and obviously, in my opinion, they were ahead of their time. You're an innovator and a creator of tricks. You invented the Pete Rose. Can Started you, doing that, yeah. Can you break down how, how that all went down, how you invented it? I don't know. We were, just, we were always doing toe side rolls and rolls to revert. You just kind of just kept going with it, you know. If you learned something, you did a one eighty with it, and then you grabbed it, and then you do a three sixty with it. So all the tricks were kind of went like that. Were they always any... fell out the front? I don't know who came up with Pete Rose, but it looked like I was sliding 
in the home like Pete Rose when I fell, so we dub it the Pete Rose. That's the that's the story behind it. I don't know. There's all sorts of crazy names that were are in place on tricks before we even got involved with it. So I didn't start naming crazy names first. So I don't know. Do you think you would have innovated more tricks if you would have had that G twenty three? Probably. So are you surprised that people aren't doing like double Pete Rose right now? You think that's on the horizon? I mean, anything's possible on that boat. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Between, between the boat saying and the that technology. The boats held me back from making new tricks, for sure. No. And it made it easier to come up with the tricks that we did come up with. But you were always finding ways to ride big wakes, too, right? You mean? I mean, we were always pulling the plug out or filling buckets with concrete or putting a waterbed mattress in the back or, or going out and riding behind somebody's like or yacht. riding behind mcdougall's parents sea ray boat at lake powell that was fun or doug duquesne's photo boat back in the day those were like that was when we first put the rope up high on his tower and then they started making towers after that so who whose idea was the flight control tower. I know Nautique, you've been sponsored by Nautique. I like, mean, we were riding behind Doug Duquesne's boat before that Nautique's had the flight control tower. So maybe but were they you saw the guy photos to take it? of that and then they came up with it. I don't know. Okay. So it wasn't like one but of Nautique's did have the first tower on the boat. It wasn't like you going to the factory and being like, guys, I've been riding on Doug Duquesne's photo boat off of the, off of the tall, you know, uh, spot. I didn't personally tell him that. No. That's too bad. That could have been some extra cash in your pocket, huh? All these years later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott. We're going to take a quick moment here so I can talk about some of the amazing folks who, without this podcast, couldn't happen. Hey, hey, Golden Lake Podcast listeners. I'm excited to announce Woodrow Sustainable Optics back on board with us for 2016. The crew here at the Golden Mike have been enjoying our Christmas gifts courtesy of Woodrow's. The producer's been rocking his pair of gooses, and I'm always loving my joys. The entire line of Woodrow's are available online at woodrows.com, and if you use my promo code, MANO30, you're going to get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, it's promo code MANO30 at woodrows.com. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E.com. And now back with Scott Byerly. So how you feeling, man? Feeling pretty good so far? Good, man. I'm charged up with this rock star. Yeah, it's good. Have you ever done like a long form interview like this or? Yeah. Yeah? Kevin Sutton Show. The Kevin Sutton Show. You know Kevin Sutton? Yeah, I've been on it That's a couple of times. That's, I got to go on there and promote the podcast here. Maybe I can get a, get a few more hundred oh, thousand man, listeners. Oh, man, go. They'd love to have you over there. Yeah, Kevin Sutton. They're always supporting the wake industry. He's crazy. I heard you. He he spent what a month uh, at Best Buy, camped out in front of Best Buy. Dude got shot like two parking spaces over from him. Kevin Kevin Sutton didn't get shot. No, he was just on. He saved site. the guy. Yeah, crazy. What did he do? He like he put the uh, tied up his wound. You know, like stop the bleeding. It was in his leg by his was private it, area. Was it a um, Black Friday situation? Or were they? It was way before Black Friday. Oh yeah, Kevin Sutton was camping for. He's... Oh yeah, it was for the Black Friday, but he was, he's promoting a homeless yeah kids being homeless in Orlando. Yeah, like food drive. Yeah, it was a food drive. Come and bring 
canned food, non-perishable foods. And then he did his radio show from his iPhone every single day. Yeah, he's funny, man. I'd watch all of his stuff and just... He's crazy. He's incredible. He goes for it, man. He, he helps is. out a lot. Yeah, Kevin's a good guy, man. I've known him for a long, long time, too. He loves the sport, so... Of course, we support him. He's supported us, so... Scott, let's talk about some wakeboard movie stuff. What do you think has changed about wakeboard movies? We don't really see... I, I mean, back in the day, I don't think we saw the, them. Back anything, in the but... day, that's all you had was wakeboard movies. You know, you'd wait all year for the video to come out. And nowadays, you see everything that day on social media. Um, I don't know. Like, I liked it back in the day where it just meant a little more, I think, and it lasted a lot longer. Nowadays, this stuff's just hot, and then it's not. Sure. Do you think that Cody Hess's triple flip kind of got lost in transition because no, of that? No, definitely not. Well, like I, just putting videos out like we do for Barley Boards, like Cody's actually got the most that we've ever got. Really? Like, yeah, for sure. Like the most views on YouTube and winning trick of the year. So I don't think, I think that day he landed that thing. Went a long ways for us, for sure, this year, and for him. Uh, but you, you held on to the footage. You, you, you put out some some media clip, like some um, like photos. Oh of yeah, it, but... we were working on a video part for him, and knew that he needed that ender. You know, he was talking about it for a while, and you know, he decided, hey, let's do this, and we'll hold it off on it, putting it out, and we'll put it in his video part. So went up to Valdosta and he built that thing and that first day he did it like four tries, five tries. And I told him that day, I'm like, man, you're going to win best trick for sure. Like no one's going to do a triple flip. Do you think we will see it again though? From him. From Cody. You don't think anybody else is really capable of it? No, he's going to, he's got a couple different triple flips he wants to do. If he can bang that out in five tries, think of the stuff that he, he... That's not even the one he wanted to do. Well, and and the crazy thing, too, is watching the video, he didn't even... It, it didn't look like he got the right takeoff. Half of his board wasn't even on the kicker when he took yeah, off. Yeah, he went early on that one. Uh, the other ones before that, he was going off the top a little more than that. But that's not even the one that he wanted to do. He wanted to do a cab one. That's insane. I don't think he's ever even done a toe-side double flip before that day you know watching cody at the at orlando water sports complex is just you know it's like poetry in motion like he first of all I, he's got one of my favorite nose grab crow mobs uh yeah, but his really double good. flips his double his double roll to blinds his double back mobs i mean it's just it's mind-blowing yeah he's, he's he's really good okay let's get back to the wakeboard videos is is there is there a favorite wakeboard video that you were in I know there's been a lot of them, but the one that I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't know. High wake drifters hit it. There's Spray. So, there's a lot of them. Twelve honkies. Know. Do I have a favorite one? No, I don't have a favorite one. What about when do you think like wakeboard videos changed? I remember All or Nothing was a super super uh, cool video that came out, but obviously. You know, we you mentioned it with the with the internet. Obviously, the way we take our media, the way we take you know take wakeboarding in these days, it's a lot different. But um, you know, at, at the same time, you know, we don't have some of the OG uh, videographers. You know, with with that OG vision still. 
Yeah, it's a lot different for sure. When I started shooting, you know, they were shooting film cameras, you know, FLF and Ron was sideways. Now anybody can shoot. Just the cameras are so easy to shoot, um, easy to upload to your social media and all that stuff. Um, I think a lot of the dudes now, you know, we are just shooting each other. And I know it's it's a little easier to work with somebody that you ride with every day and you can work with every day. So I think you could probably get way more better content out of it for sure versus back in the day the people would come in for a week and you'd ride with them and you wouldn't be able to see any of the stuff until they developed it and that would be like a month later well where now you can watch it on the boat when you're done see if you got it if you didn't go back out there and do it again would you say the the beetle rail in hit it um you know, is is the iconic moment in our sport that kind of took it from just wake riding to now all of a sudden rails started becoming important in, in wakeboarding? Or I don't think that that specific thing did, no. But isn't that what... I think like the the carnival and events like that, for sure, like made it to where you, you know, that you have to ride rails. That's the way the sport's going, you know? Stuff like that, for sure. Yeah, but before that, before that beetle rail, were people, I mean, there maybe, were, were people really hitting docks or hitting, hitting we were hit, jibs that's that That's all often? we were doing was just hitting docks and getting yelled at from our neighbors because they didn't want us to slide on their dock. Were there other people within the sport doing that, though? I mean, you know, I don't think Darren Shapiro was out hitting rails back in those days. I don't days think he and, ever was. You know? Except for now, because this kid does it sure. at OWC. Right, right. Before there wasn't any of that. But stuff, I mean, no. like you know, on the West Coast, there weren't guys, you know, mm, building. I mean, or... the first person I saw ever hit anything was Greg Nelson on a K two board, directional board, hitting a dock. Come came from snowboarding, jibbing in the in the snowboard park. Yeah, and I I also remember some of the old original I guess wakeboard videos when you guys were. You know, jibbing, uh, just uh, like, hitting rocks, rocks and, and docks, and, yeah. and just whatever you could do, whatever was not normal, right? Whatever set you apart from water skiing, basically. Exactly. Break, oh, break the rules. Yeah, exactly. They told you not to do it. You did it. Yeah. Don't don't go and don't go and bunk that yeah. no slow no wake buoy. Exactly. You know, it's too wear shallow. a vest. Yeah, which you always do now, right? Of course. Yeah. Uh, one more thing on the on the video side of of things here wakeboarding uh had a lot of people from all aspects of life and from all around the world and one thing that always stood out to me about the old videos were were some uh, some of the uh videographers can you remember anybody in particular who's kind of like out there outrageous super goopy funny videographers yeah Artie. He yeah was, he, was, he was funny he was kind of who I was thinking about, you know. Online films, Artie Kreeble. Well, do you know whatever Lake happened Tahoe. to Artie? I think he's still in Lake Tahoe. I one of my first trips down to Florida to visit Eric Ruck, Artie was down shooting monkey on a string, and I don't that think he did much. That was after he worked for Fall Line. That gotcha. was him by himself. Yeah, I think after that he didn't really do too much, yeah, right? Yeah, that was when Fall Line 
split up and he started doing his own and I think he's still out in Tahoe. Just I'm not, sure he's out there still. Just not really doing any of the, the wakeboard stuff anymore. Probably on the slopes. Yeah. Well, heck man, if I was out west, I think I would be too. Yeah. You know? For sure. You know, I've I've met so many of the pioneers throughout my years in the industry, but somebody who I never got to meet was Todd Brendel. And other than like wakeboarding mag and some of the old videos, um, do you, could you maybe share some of your memories of, of Todd Brendel for maybe some of the listeners who never got to, to see him ride or, or really knew who he was? Um, I met Todd through Bruce Clem. I'm pretty sure Bruce and his buddy Ted Craft. Uh, it's when everybody lived out in like in Chiliota area. Um, man, Todd was really good. I think he was ahead of his time for sure with some of the stuff that he was doing. Um, but yeah, it was unfortunate that the accident that took his life and put CC in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, he. He was ahead of his time, for sure. I think it's just always important to to remember some of the fallen riders and talk about their stories, especially for like the new generation of riders, because all too often I think that that some some guys might get into these positions and you know you, you, you're almost on this natural high and just think you know hey I'm you know everything's going great for me in life right now I'm I'm a respected athlete or whatever, but. You know, stuff can change really fast in a blink of the eye. And, you know, I've seen it happen way too many times. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, Todd was Todd was always a guy that um, that I respected because one of my best friends growing up, a guy by the name Mark Ruck, liked Todd because he was a bigger dude. And but Todd rode like he, he, you know, he was like probably over 200 pounds, but he rode like he was like 100 and. No, he wasn't two pound guy. pounds. He was just like a pit bull. He was a big old guy. Man. He wasn't huge. But... There used to be a Todd Brendel Memorial Contest. Yeah, uh, Dishman used to put it on. Dishman used to do all the extreme planet um, events. Or an underground grassroots event uh, back in the day. I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Todd Brendel event uh, come extreme back. Extreme Productions, that's what it was called, not Planet. Yeah. Yep, those that was that was well before my time for sure. For yeah, sure. that was a long time ago. Cool event. Yeah. We'll bring it up to Dishman. I know he's still involved. So tattoos, man. Kinda covered. Uh how many how many tattoos do you have? How many tattoos? I don't know. enough. Yeah, not enough or enough? Enough. <laughs> when did you start getting tattooed? Because I recall the old videos you you definitely did not have anything. Um, at least that we could see. I mean, just started getting injured. Downtime. Was friends with Greg Morris, um, tattoo artist. He did a lot of my boards back in the day. And just got injured a bunch of times and had downtime and got tattooed. Just is once there a, you get one, you is, want to get another one. Is there a story behind every single one of them, or do you ever just go to the tattoo shop and like point up at the... At the wall and be like, I'll take that. Uh, I think I did that <laughs> one time, my first one, and you regret that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your no regrets? The what? <laughs> you seen that one thing, it's like on the internet, it says no regrets, and it's spelled like R-A-G-R-A-T-S, oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I got one of those, for <laughs> sure. What is it? Can you, you, you don't want to? Oh, it's just that 
stupid tribal thing on my arm. But it's covered up pretty much now, right? It's not covered, but it it's blends. There. It's blended. It's blended, right? I don't know that really I've never blended. noticed it. I don't think I've ever noticed like a yeah, a tribal on you. Don't need to. Yeah. All right. I won't. I'll 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 look uh I'll look elsewhere. So you've daughters too, though. You got uh, three three daughters. We talked about at the beginning and. 22 years old, one of them, but you've got, um, you know... Chelsea's 22, Kira's 15, and Raina is 9. What are your thoughts if they want to get tattoos? Um, I mean, once they're old enough, they can pretty much do what they want to do. You can tell them no till you're blue in the face, and they're going to do it anyways, so... did I'm not the one to tell them not to get a tattoo. Is that mom? She probably would tell him not to, but... Did your folks always, were they, what did they think about? I don't think my mom liked him. Right. My dad probably didn't like him either, but... He just let it go. Yeah. I was old enough. I was on my own. Sure. Could do what I wanted to do. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And, of course, now it's become a big part of, of who you are and, you know, and... I don't even look at them anymore. I forget I have them. You're still getting more, though, right? You're going to get any... Uh, I haven't done? gotten tattooed in a long time, and I'm I'm pretty done over it. Well, I, was I your most... get some stuff touched up probably? What, you like your most recent piece? Is that like your back? I guess so. Yeah. And that's that. That's a lot of work. I mean, that was ten years ago. Holy smokes! When I we first started Byerly Boards. Wow, insane! Our, uh, the first year we had a uh, Greg tattooing in our booth at Surf Expo. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any. I'm uh probably stay that way. Yeah, it's gonna stay that way. I'm a little nervous about the the needle and I don't know. I don't know. We'll Just see. tattoo your hairline, but you don't have that problem. Yeah, I'm good, man. You I'm got lots of hair. Yeah. Knock on wood, because my dad is bald. You've met him. So we'll see what yeah, happens. That's right. Yeah. When did you go bald? Uh he went bald already by my age. So you're good. Yeah. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, your your YouTube channel and all the great content coming up. Is BT, Brandon Thomas, producing most of it? Yeah, BT and uh, Steve Campbell does a lot of stuff, too. Cool. And we're just, just having fun, you know? So, Whether it be riding mountain bikes or side-by-side -side cars out in California. We just put something up there, ripping around with Kirk Bender and... Just content, you know, just having fun, doing different stuff. But it's all done in-house. You guys aren't paying another company to, to create any media for no, you No, we, right? we shoot all this stuff, and then BT or Steve puts it together and throws it up there. So you're talking about Steve Campbell, BT, a couple of your team riders, and, you know, obviously we, we'd mentioned how great of a year your team had in 2015, Cody and the Triple Flip, and Rathy winning Rider of the Rider Year. Of the year. Um, what do you what do you look for? Are you you are the one, right? You're would you be team manager? Are you the one who gets to pick and choose who's on the on the Byerly team? Yeah, it's me and Butch and some of the other Do you people. have to be a contest rider to get no, on the team? Definitely not. How important is that to you? I don't care. But what what does a free rider bring to the like how 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 do you utilize a free rider? How do, and in the same in the well, same nowadays, words, how do you utilize a, a a contest rider? You know, like like I what mean, brings free value? riders if they're out there putting content out on their social media outlets and just getting new different spots and 
different shots with different right you know photographers just out there hustling you don't have to do a contest and you waste so much money doing a contest event and travel and all this stuff and nothing comes out of it like unless you win it unless you win it yeah but that's like a i don't know i it, contest doesn't really matter to me but you got your guys working hard. I mean, you guys are all the the entire team. It's not like a just just wakeboarding. It's great when your guy can win an event, but it doesn't. It's not everything. But everybody's doing everything. I mean, I just saw a video of of Rusty Malinowski, who's not a Byerly team rider, but Rathy, I think, what filmed it or something like that. You know, and Rathy's filming. I've seen. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Like. Guys are filming now that are writers and just makes it way easier to work with somebody that knows what you're trying to get and how much it takes to get it. And your job is more than just wakeboarder now. I mean, you've got to, you've got to wear more hats, right? Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully gives, you know, uh, you know, these guys, you know, more to do than just sitting at it's home. It's pretty on the couch easy and... to film because you've been filmed your whole career, you know, right. you know what these guys are doing and what looks good and you have the eye for it. I think I do, you know? Yeah. I Ever since we were doing volume wakescape videos, the wakescape video mag we did, um, we just, I always started just sh to shoot and I, I love to shoot. I love to be behind the camera. I shot a bun bunch of that stuff that, you know, BT uses and, I'm always behind the camera. I like, I like. Are you are you mostly using a GoPro or are you using? Uh, are I mean, you we shoot with a 7D, and the, I love being in the water shooting the GoPro angle too, like the water angle and stuff like that. Yeah, you always getting the good shot, man, for sure. I shot Cody's triple flip with Matt's uh, Sony camera. Yeah. yeah. How how that many was, people? That was scary. I didn't want to miss that. How I'm many people were filming? It. He that. almost went out of frame. Oh, no way. Yeah. And that was a new camera, and it was shooting that uh, super slow-mo. And I guess if you hit it too soon, it could stop because it only shoots a certain amount of time. So you had a lot of pressure on your shoulders, too, for that, too, a little bit. Yeah, and he went right to the top of the frame, and then he started coming back down. Worked out. Yeah, yeah. Who would have yelled at you for missing that one yourself? Well, I was shooting two angles, so I I would have got one of them. Gotcha. I was gonna say how many how many camera lenses were on Cody for that triple? Uh, Matt was shooting photos, and I was doing the Sony camera and the seventy. Cool. That was on a tripod. Very good. Well, for anybody listening who has not seen the Cody has video yet, it's I think it's like three three or three and a half minutes long or something. Yeah, um, the triple flips at the end. Just go and subscribe to the Byerly YouTube channel, right? That's yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Bam. Whatever happened to the Byerly Toe Jam? Oh, man, that was the wake skate event we did for 10 years. Um, it was great. Everybody loves it. Everybody misses it. The wake skate tour kind of took over and then uh, kind of just went downhill. There's no wake skate tour anymore. I think just the money, the sponsorship money got out of it the i think wake skating needed the wake skate tour for sure rather than needed the toe jam it needed the toe jam at first the first 10 years for sure but 
it evolved to the Wake Skate Tour. And, man, it was crazy just the stuff that these guys are doing on Wake Skates now. Like, Impressive. It's insane. Impressive. And to do it in a contest event the way that the Wake Skate Tour had it, um, it was, I don't know. It's before it's time, I guess. Again, it needs to come back for sure. Will need, it? Will it come back? I think it will. It just needs to have the right people backing it. W- what does it take for money? A wake skate series to sustain that. But but uh, you know, obviously, here's the thing. I'm for me, wake skating is probably my favorite thing to watch. But it's like the underground thing, you know. It's wake skate in the majority of this industry. People don't wake skate. It's still underground. It's like the, like the events are just they're like backyard events. Everybody has a spot in their backyard. Yeah, and it's like skating, skateboarding was in the mid nineties. Yeah, except these places and backyards aren't necessarily just open to everybody. Unfortunately, to to go like skate parks, sponsors that were involved with it. They want to see, you know, sales, wigskate sales. And if they're not selling, they don't have the money to put in back into the sport. Right. Well, man, it's unfortunate. I, I do hope, though, that wake skating is still I think it uh, will. Progressing. The guys that are involved with it right now, they want it to look the best. Right. They should do that. Yep. I agree, man. You want you want to do something, do it right. You know? Yeah. And like I said, man, the, the guys that are involved in wake skating right now are just blowing it up the stuff that they're doing is mind-blowing yeah you can do that on the water but that's when we started taking the boots off our wakeboard like we knew that it's going to take dudes that are just skateboard to push this sport and they're doing it but a lot of the wake skate guys like the wake skate tour that had nothing to do with boats really right that was all either winch or two tower cable right yeah, it's all winch and uh, system stuff. But now this last year... The toe year, jam was boat. Was everything. Jet ski, winch. Then it evolved to the cable riding right. as well. Sure. Toe jam was like every way you could get towed. That's how it, I came up with the toe jam. Right. Gotcha. Well, um, but yeah, I don't see that many wake skaters showing up at nationals. You know, nationals, we've got maybe eight to ten boat yeah, riders. Uh, it's just... That's the thing. It's the majority of the wake skaters now don't ride behind boats because they don't have a boat and they just even if they had one they'd much rather go hit a drop with a winch. Just it's more like skateboarding. It's well, maybe like I'd much rather go hit a ledge, some concrete ledge than doing the same thing over and over buying a boat. I know, but like I sit there and I watch Reed Hansen and and to be honest with you like you have to be good at all that stuff like you know and i'm and i was gonna just say like i find watching reed hit you know one of his lines you know heel three switch heel three backside three you know uh, shove to indy big spin shove i watching him throw a line like that behind a boat wake to wake blows my mind you know what i mean for sure he grew up wakeboarding a lot of these other guys Never wakeboarded before. Gotcha. Okay, one other thing about the, like the wake skating stuff that that I miss back in the days, lip tricks were 
really popular behind the boat kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Uh, I Fun. Just, I feel like on a G where you're like a foot and a half, two feet above, you know, the water line on that wake, it would make lip tricks so impressive nowadays. Is anybody doing that anymore? Or is that totally bad? Oh, yeah. Bad? They're like, every time we go out with George, that's his warm up stuff is all lip stuff, lip tricks. And man, he'll just fire them off one after another. I got to come out or with like you guys. Danny Hampson. Right. Watching Danny do lip tricks and George. They should do like a little skate game. Like, like a battle. Yeah. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. We'll see if we can make that happen maybe one day. Let's uh let's let's get down to the end here. Um I see you you mentioned a little bit about it earlier, the whole biking thing you're into. It's what is that considered? Mountain biking or Oh, just riding my mountain bike? Yeah. Going to like yeah, all those parks and stuff. Yeah, just trying to keep my legs in shape. Just riding your bike. There's only a couple spots in Florida where there's actually good stuff. You know, Cala and Mount Thor is pretty all right. A couple of spots. But I went out west and got to do some like real mountain bike stuff. And that was the funnest thing I've ever done. You've done some like gnarly drops though on, that, on your bike, right? Like some... Not super gnarly. But... I mean, it gnarly. To you, you're saying not gnarly, but I... It just, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't drop in on a. You can definitely hurt bike. yourself on <laughs> some of this stuff for sure. So, what kind of bike are you riding now? I have a specialized full suspension. Nice, nice, yeah. Enduro comp. I got it from my buddy out west. So, I actually, when I went out west, I rode the same kind of bike I have here and got to experience like what that bike can do, and you can go over some crazy stuff. Oh. We we're putting our. We were going on uh, at Snow Summit Bike Park uh, in Big Bear, California. And uh, it's one of the funnest things I've ever done. Jumping like 40-foot jumps and three people died. And he, and he says not that big. Three people died there, I think, this year too. And they were trucking people off left and right to oh the hospital gosh. when you crash. So I went I out and did it once. not to crash. Yeah, I went out and did it once and it's... It's gnarly. I got done uh, through some mellow park at Nationals uh, this last year. I went out with uh, Darren Shapiro and uh, Sean Dishman. Where? Uh, behind, behind. Um, in Miami. Miami Water Force oh, yeah. Complex. This is nothing like that. Well, just so you know, that was gnarly You're for me. Yeah. Down these mountains. Well, I'm not flying. I'm holding both brakes. It's like where you snowboard. Yeah. The same mountain. Yeah, it's a little. In- it's a little insane. It's not for me. Florida. Obviously, obviously, uh, you are a guy who likes some adventure and also something you've been doing a long time is the bungee jumping and you bungee jump with one of the most famous crews of them all, the Vertigo bungee jumping crew. Yeah. Uh, have you been spending any time with those guys at all? Um, yeah, they actually bought a bridge in Kentucky a couple years ago, but I first started jumping with them when I was riding with Wake Tech like 20 years ago, so... Got introduced to them through Greg Nelson and been friends with them ever since and jump and love it. and They own their own bridge now and they're running it all legal. It's all It was all illegal stuff that I've done before. For years. Yeah. Just all like logging bridges and all sorts of stuff out west. Cranes. and. What's the, what would you say is the craziest, stupidest, most gnarly jump you've ever done? Um, one was crazy when we jumped off this crane in Portland. I remember that paid night. the paid the security guy to look the other way, and 
trucked everything up this ladder. I think it was me, Parks, Grub, and Robbie. And uh, found the key to the thing up there, got up there, hooked everything up, and jumped this crane. It was Straight crazy. poached it. Was it. It, was, it was cool. Straight Fun. poached it. Well. I remember that, actually. We were, Rock Wilder was with us. I mean, not there. I didn't go with you guys there. You've invited me a couple of times to go, and I always say no thank you. Well, that's probably good, because you don't want to go and then back down. And... Well, that's why. I don't want those guys. I, I want my experience when I'm with the Vertigo crew for them to think I'm just funny. I've brought a lot of people that I actually thought would like it, and they didn't like it. Rodrigo? He hates it. But he did it. Um, I don't know if he's done it. I thought that he. I thought that he got out there, and you guys were like, "Dude, you can't turn." He takes back. pictures. Yeah. Well, I talk on the microphones. I don't know if he jumped. He could have jumped maybe once. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. He's if scared. He do he's that for sure. Scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Scott, where are you at over the next few months? 2016. Any boat shows? Uh, I got some boat shows for sure. I think I'm going over to Australia with Brenton for the month of February. Gonna run up the coast and. Hit some cable parks and ride behind the boat. Do that. Haven't been over there in 15 years. Beautiful, man. I was. I wish I could go over there myself. Well, we'll uh, we'll look out for you this winter. But before we finish up, I want to give you a chance to say hello or some shout outs to sponsors or your family, anybody who's listening. Oh, thanks to my family for always having my back. For sure, Kim and the kids, and uh, yeah, it's all my sponsors: Nautique, Rockstar, O'Neill, Performance, Firely Boards. I think that's everybody. That sounds like it, man. Yeah, Scott. Thank you, Dano. No, thank you, dude. Big shout out to Dano to Mano. Appreciate it. I'm I'm feeling. It. I'm sitting in the throne. The noise of the north. I'm sitting here in the throne. You got me. Yeah, finally, finally, the man, the myth. Scott Byerly. Scott, thanks again, man. This has been uh, a really, really good one for us. And uh, look forward to maybe getting out in the boat with you pretty soon. Do it. All right. All right, listeners, y'all hang tight. And I'll be back with a few closing words in just a moment. This is the Golden Mike Podcast. Now, let's celebrate the sponsors. SeaDeck is the leading manufacturer of a range of comfortable and durable EVA non-skid products for the marine industry. Working with the manufacturing leaders in towed water sports boats, SeaDeck has redefined non-skid flooring. No more stinky carpet or hard rubber mats. SeaDeck provide exceptional non-skid, a luxurious feel, and because it can be customized to your specification, a unique look that will set your boat apart from the crowd. For a more in-depth look and for more information, visit SeaDeck.com and you have the perfect addition to your boat. Scotty B. What a guy. Well, 15 years ago, just before I met him, I was so intimidated by Scott. I'll admit I was intimidated for a few years after I knew him. I saw Scott in the videos and magazines and thought he was this hard, tattooed, untouchable wakeboard god. Byerly has always been mellow, gracious, and humble, pretty much the opposite of my initial perception of him. And Scott's always been cool to me and supported my career and dreams. He allowed me to announce his Byerly Toe Jam for at least half of its existence. He's competed in many of my Feet on Fire barefoot contests, heck, Scott's had me over to ride with him behind his G21, and he was cool that I went trick skiing. He pushed me to be my best that day, and I'll never forget it. It was kind of like a dream come true. Byerly is such a legend. 
Byerly is a legend in so many ways. From helping to shape wakeboarding and wake skating into what it is today, continuing to grow the sport with his brand and team, even getting behind the lens, filming and shooting videos, capturing the present and future of the sport. Scott's not only been able to create a career for himself, but a life for his family, living his dream, building and following a vision, and he continues to give back. Scott is the raddest guy and he cares about the industry and the entire world of Toad Water Sports. I was stoked to have Scott Byerly as my first guest of 2016 and even more honored that he accepted. Now I want to thank any listeners who sent me email and messages in 2015. I want to apologize to those of you who I may have forgotten to respond to. New Year's resolution is to always respond to you my listeners, fans, and supporters. So let's do this thing together. Email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. You can get me on social media too. On Twitter, follow me at thedanotmano and at thegolden underscore Mike. On Instagram, at danotmano. Because of all y'all, I had over 5,000 followers in 2015. So let's shoot for 10,000 in 2016. One more thank you to Scott Byerly, the living legend himself. And now, a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, PerfSki.com, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Logos That Pop, and Empire Sound and Lighting. Congratulations on your new baby boy, Hamilton Sawyer, to my super rad web girl and her husband, Jenna and Josh Carruth. And that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Alamano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.